0: You're listening to Rosie Cole's Vaudeville Broadcast. This programme may contain adult content, so if you're under 18, please either get permission or switch it off. Hi, podcast listeners. Today I'm with the absolutely charming Lou Sapphire. Um, so, Lou, for our listeners who maybe haven't seen you perform, what do you do?
1: I am a vaudevillian. I do uh, a mix of burlesque, freak show, aerial. Fire, a bit of bit of everything.
0: When did you start performing? In
1: two thousand and eight, I started performing. I've been a dancer since a really young age, but then getting into like the cabaret scene uh, about two thousand and
0: eight. Oh, okay, so what what's your dance experience from? from uh,
1: I did ballet, jazz, street, yeah, everything. Yeah, bit of everything. Yeah, <laughs> I like to just have a wide range of things. Mm. See, so I think it's more fun as well.
0: Was that when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of unusual. From about
1: the age of I don't know, about four or five I think, and then till I was about fifteen and found alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the pub was much more exciting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you find you were like the only boy in some of your classes or was it a, quite a good news? Um at
1: the school I was at um just me in my class, yeah. Mm. And then, like, other classes at different levels had some, like, other guys in. But just my class was just me and a load of girls.
0: That's quite quite unusual, really, for, for guys to be so into dance. Like, sadly, I think, like, having gone to a lot of dance classes, it's usually, like, 20 girls and maybe, like, three dudes.
1: Yeah. I grew up in Hereford, so... <laughs> <laughs> hmm. It's a very small town. Guys are more into, I think, like, breakdancing and... Things rather seen, than structured.
0: I guess things that are seen as a bit more like typically masculine styles and dance. Yeah. Rather than yeah. like when you think of ballet and jazz, people don't automatically think. Yes. Blokes, even though there are some phenomenal... Well, yeah, and...
1: exactly. There's some amazing uh, male ballet dancers. Absolutely amazing. But I guess in small towns in England, possibly everywhere, it's not really the done thing.
0: Mm. Was that tricky growing up like
1: that? Not um, at all. No, I wasn't bothered.
0: <laughs> Nobody gave you any trouble.
1: Not because of that. Just general being a gobby shite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when did you pick up performing again after you were uh, after you were fifteen? After <laughs> after you found the pub?
1: <laughs> after I found the pub, um, well, I moved to. Ipswich, I moved to America before then, and I was in Manchester, and then I moved to Ipswich to be with my partner, and kind of just fell into the right scene at the right time, Mm. and just got into, like, burlesque that way, and pole dance, and aerial, and then found the freak show side a lot more interesting.
0: You moved to, wait, did you say you moved to America?
1: Yeah.
0: When? Why? (laughs) How? (laughs) Uh...
1: (laughs) I moved for the whole romantic story. Rubbish.
0: Whereabouts in the States did you go? Uh
1: as in New Jersey, San Francisco, and um, Miami.
0: Uh, okay. New Jersey. Mmm, oh.
1: it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was nice. It was nice. I worked in a hairdresser's. It was I- nice.
0: I can imagine San Francisco really suiting you.
1: Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Shoes. <laughs> Lots of shoes. <laughs>
0: That's funny. When you're did you pick up and find any of the performance scene while you're in San Francisco? I wasn't
1: anything. I, I wasn't. Didn't even know about like the burlesque scene then. I was. I just turned eighteen, I think, when I moved. Oh wow! So I didn't know anything about it.
0: That's really brave. Just being like, I'm gonna go to America.
1: Like I said, it was the love story that. Yeah, (laughs) he was a flight attendant. It was free.
0: amazing so you went from New Jersey all the way across the state to San Francisco yeah and then back to Miami
1: yeah you said Miami we kind back. of like lived between the three because oh, he was okay. a flight attendant we would go between
0: Oh, okay awesome yes <laughs> so you've got a taste for the gypsy lifestyle traveling between
1: um cities. I'm an army brat so I get really itchy feet so I would just yeah move and now with my husband I compromise we move house <laughs> rather than country or town <laughs> we're allowed to move house
0: <laughs> but you do do a lot of traveling for your performing as well I do
1: and I think that's why we've lived in this house for four years now <laughs> not moved because I'm doing so much traveling and it's keeping my feet like naughty
0: yeah this is letting you get that out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, That's brilliant. Definitely got the, the wandering in the blood.
1: Yes, I blame my mother. But even just, like, coming to London to do a show, going to, like, uh, tomorrow I'm in Bedford. Uh, next week I'm in York. I've just got back from Geneva. Do you know what I mean? It's it's fun, and I like to travel. Mm. And I don't have a phobia of flying, which is nice. Got over that from having to fly.
0: Mm. It's one of those things you just get used to it.
1: You have to. Yeah. Yeah. And now going through airport security is now a game um, because I have lots of piercings. To see like the security guards start rubbing their hands together when I'm just about to walk through the beepy thing, and then I'll just walk through and you just see them look gutted. And like, <laughs> you haven't set anything off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's
0: brilliant. It's true. It becomes a bit of it. It just becomes yeah. a bit of a chore, and you're just like, oh well security whatever kind
1: of just, yeah just go through yeah so now it's a game to see how many people i can upset <laughs> what, without, without trying
0: <laughs> without getting stopped yeah. <laughs> <I'm brilliant. laughs> that's so funny it's so but i i didn't realize that you were supposed to be afraid of flying until I was like 17 and I was like why is everyone freaking out about this because i just done it my whole life well like so many people have such a phobia of it I'm like uh, oh the plane, the plane
1: my and... theory on it was something that heavy shouldn't be able to fly mm. same as my thing with boats something that heavy shouldn't be able to float mm. is my thing with it yeah So that's what would... But now I've just taught my head to go, well, it just works. Don't think about it. (laughs) It works. Yeah.
0: Just do it. I just, I don't know. Because you see a lot of stories about, you know, plane crashes.
1: A lot lately. A lot. And And I'm doing a lot more flying lately and I'm like, oh, (laughs) it'll be fine. But then
0: the reason they're in the papers is because it's a big story. It's because it's unusual. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So that's, you know,
1: yeah, totally.
0: But it makes it seem like it happens a lot. But then we think about how many people fly every day, and how many
1: flights. Do you think there there's in? like thou like not thousands, but hundreds of flights a day from each airport? Yeah, and then okay, we've had a series lately of like a few flights in like a small amount of time, mm. but out of the thousands of flights, yeah, across the world, yeah,
0: it's such a small percentage.
1: It is, yeah. I still don't think they should advertise it.
0: <laughs> don't think they're trying to advertise it. <laughs> so, when you got back from the states, what did you end up doing?
1: I moved back to Manchester, and lived there for about a year, and then moved to Ipswich.
0: And when you were in Manchester, were you just?
1: I was working in the tattoo shop.
0: Oh yeah. Your
1: And my day, my day, my civilian job. <laughs> Your civilian job is... <laughs> my muggle job is a tattooist and body modification artist.
0: Yeah, which is a pretty unusual day job in, in general. I
1: no, well, yes, but no, I find...
0: But for most of the population, I would say it's pretty unusual. You have to have a pretty high level of skill to do that kind of thing.
1: I guess. To me, it's a normal job. mm I guess. I've guess never really thought about it like people think that's an unusual job I've never really thought about it like that but I find um, most tattooists and piercers and stuff I know are in with the burlesque scene and I guess it's the two taboo back in the day was a taboo thing like tattooing was a taboo burlesque certainly still in most places is a taboo so I guess they've come together and and I guess with tattooing, is the 1950s, 40s, 50s rock and roll look, a lot of burlesques other pin-ups. So I guess that's how the two industries have merged mm. quite happily.
0: There's always been a bit of crossover there, isn't there? In the, yeah. In the subcultures.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool.
0: Yeah. It's great. So when did you, when did you start learning to be a tattoo artist and, um, and
1: tattoo artist? When I was straight from school. So sixteen, straight from school I started working in a tattoo shop.
0: As an apprentice? Yep. Yeah. Wow. And had you always been quite arty, like drawing or...
1: not really. Like I never sat and drew, like or paint or anything. Um but then being in the studio I obviously started doing a lot more and then just started tattooing.
0: How do you how do you practice tattooing?
1: On my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I did my first tattoo on my mother, and then my second one on me. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's pretty. That's a pretty big risk. She
1: won't let me cover it up either.
0: What on her yeah. or you?
1: On her. Right. Oh. Can I cover that over now? And
0: she, no. Oh, <laughs> it's that's sweet though that she's, yeah she's supportive of it.
1: Yeah, but it's a bit tribal. <laughs> No one wants that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. It was very big in the nineties.
1: <laughs> it was.
0: <laughs> so you were working at a tattoo shop mm-hmm. as a tattooist, and then it was when you moved to Ipswich. You said that you got into performance. Yeah. How did How did that start happening for you?
1: It just did, and then I did like I didn't really take it seriously for like three years. Mm-hmm. I kind of just like did the odd charity show or local show and then kind of
0: did you do classes or was it no just self-taught
1: um just self-taught i think it's nicer if people are self-taught i find no offense to anyone that wants to do these academies and these schools and stuff but i just find it's blessed by numbers they're all very generic and come out doing the same things to Different music and different costumes, but it's the same actors, and that's that's my opinion. Like that's what I think. I just think it's nicer when people create their own way of doing stuff. Like okay, there's only so many ways you can take a glove off. Don't get me wrong, but just they're just you can just see them counting in their heads, Mm. and I'm like loosen up, like I'm a bugger and I don't rehearse anything. I learn the music, and I know what I should be doing and what part in the music. The rest of it, I just make up mm-hmm. every time. Just so it's more interesting for me. It's more interesting for the crowd. It's more interesting for anyone that's seen the act before. Like, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. This, don't get me wrong, the same feel of the, like, the same... same character. Yeah, actually. the same everything, but just different parts. I'm not, I'll do something different.
0: Yeah, you can improvise in the yeah. framework.
1: Yeah, That yeah.
0: Because that's that's similar to how I approach a lot of performances. I'll maybe choreograph like the beginning, certain bits with bits the tricks, of it, yeah, and then the end, and then in between that to exactly, kind of and then fresh, yeah, I I improvise.
1: If on the stage. crowd's really good, then I'll go and like molest someone. <laughs> um, it it yeah, whatever mood I'm in really.
0: Yeah. And it is funny with with academies, you do get a sort of very specific style coming out. And they. you see a lot of people haven't found their own voice.
1: And Don't get me wrong, there are a lot of performers that do come out of these academies that are phenomenal performers because I don't know whether it's that they have a dance background, they have an acting background, it could be anything, they could just be a natural performer. But there's a lot that have come out and I'm like... Mm. Yeah, bravo for you. But, uh, <laughs> don't give up the day job.
0: Well, this is something that actually I spoke to Little Lady Luscious about because she likes to think of her classes as just an ongoing thing, like dance class. Yeah, like it's just kind of ongoing, and you can come in. Yeah. When you want, so you get to learn. You just you never stop learning. Yeah. You don't ever graduate. You don't ever say, okay, now I can go out and be a professional. Now it's always just like I'll just come and I'll keep learning something a bit different. Every I don't time.
1: understand how you can graduate. That, I just don't comprehend how you can graduate from these schools. There's no diploma, there's no degree, there's no bachelor's, there's, like, in burlesque. Mm. There's doctorates, I know that, like, people are doing PhDs, which is amazing. Like, um, British Hart, he's just about to finish, or has finished now, his PhD in burlesque. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So, yeah, it's really interesting. He's, like, setting up a museum and everything. It's really, really cool. Um, but I just don't understand with these classes, like you say, is there's no set guidelines to burlesque. So with, with a walking class like that, where it's just ongoing, great, you can go meet up with people, more of a mother's meeting and have some fun and learn, like, a burlesque jam session kind of thing. But whereas with these courses, I think you're being paid to, you're paying, sorry, to graduate, but you're not graduating anything. Mm. I just don't.
0: And the great thing, actually, you just said about walking classes, the idea of a sort of jam thing, is that you meet people who have a slightly different style, so you might yeah. learn something and different. Yeah, and
1: you'll learn new tricks and think, oh, well, I didn't think of doing it that way, and they, they might say to you exactly the same thing, oh, well, I didn't think of it that way, and you kind of just bounce off each other.
0: Yeah, and it kind of broadens your... Style. Yeah. Which is great. That's what you get when you go to a dance class, is you get dancers who interpret things different ways. You exactly. get teachers who yeah, yeah. teach you something different. And I don't know. Yeah, it seems a lot of... But that's that's the risk when you decide you go to an academy. And it's also interesting who's setting these up. Because like you said, burlesque has no formal rules. No format. No. No formal and
1: I think rule. that's what makes burlesque performance so interesting, is there is no set guidelines, like there isn't a box that we're in, like we're all such a wide variety of performers, like even just burlesque is such a wide variety you do have your classic showgirls and then you have your crazy ass neo-toxic raw fierce performer
0: Yeah,
1: and it's just, the spectrum is too wide to even try and imagine of the different styles Mm.
0: yeah oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's so true so when you started Uh self-teaching obviously one of the great things is the internet oh
1: god yeah that was a lifesaver
0: yeah
1: well not a lifesaver that's wrong that's the wrong thing to say but um, help me find like different ideas different again like I said it's just, I found it more of a jam session with myself and YouTube watching people going to shows watching other performers and just learning that way and thinking oh okay well they do it like that so okay if I take that basis of it and but I'm going to like do it maybe try it this way and see if that works mm. and do stuff that way I think is the best way to do it
0: mm. You've certainly found a really interesting style
1: of Thank your own you. really
0: But that's you know, that's comes from you being someone who's really hungry for diversity and yes. who's who's motivated to go seek that out. You know, some people don't want to sit at home for hours on YouTube watching burlesque videos, which I think it probably means I don't really like it. <laughs> but, <laughs>
1: I think if you want to be in the industry, you need to research. You really do. You need to know people's names. You need to know who people are. Um,
0: You need to know what they're doing as well. Yes.
1: So there's a lot of people, there's a lot of controversy with, oh, well, she's stolen my act. She's done such and such. And she's doing the same thing as me. And I'm like, well, okay, fair enough. But it's not the same person. I don't. Okay, I understand if people are just deliberately ripping other people's acts off. Mm. Totally understand to be annoyed. But if someone just pulls a glove off the same as you, get over it. <laughs> like like I said, there's only so many t- ways you can take a glove off.
0: Yeah. And also mm. the idea of people using the same music. It's kind of like, that there are only so <laughs> many songs in the world.
1: <laughs> every fan dance to feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> In a pink fucking outfit. (laughs) Oh,
0: I thought that was original. (laughs) No, Uh, no, so I definitely have seen someone do Feeling Good in a black outfit before. Really? Are you sure? Yeah.
1: Are you sure? Oh,
0: yeah, I'm pretty sure.
1: (laughs) Was that one to Muse's version? (laughs) (laughs) It
0: might have been.
1: (laughs) Not Michael Buble? (laughs) No, no, it wasn't. (laughs) That one's definitely in pink. (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, no, I think I did a fan dance to Feeling Good once.
0: I think it's Every Beginner's sort of like...
1: No, it wasn't it Wasn't that long ago. Oh, really? No, I was just improvising.
0: Oh, well, that's... well, wow. Was it, it Feeling Good? It, it has that classic sort of stripteasy feel to it, which is why it's so popular.
1: Yeah. I don't know, I think I was... I think it was a Musical Bingo, I think, actually. Mm. Up at Edinburgh Fringe. And I think that was one of the songs I picked and I just did a fan dance to it.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> was it easy?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> was it everything you had imagined? And less. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, for people who haven't seen you, uh, you also bring in... Uh, sideshow elements into yes, your yep. Boylesque performance. Where yes. did that start? Where did that come from?
1: How um, did you
0: have that idea? You are like, I love doing Boylesque, but now I would like to put nails in my face. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, it was a case of just trying to take... Now Boylesque is becoming or has become such a big thing. There's a lot of Boylesque performance. It, I was just time to take that now to the next level burlesque is a thing now which is great and I I do enjoy just going to a show and just doing burlesque it's a lot less to carry around (laughs) which is nice just to like go back to where I started Um, but uh, it was just taking it to the next level and I've always like since I was a young age fascinated with like freak shows like the old carny circuses the old side shows and stuff Um, so it's just a case of then and yeah, finding out how to do it <laughs> was just drunken nights in thinking that was a good idea.
0: Oh my god! Have you was that not really dangerous?
1: Looking back on it, yes. <laughs> but um, to for the stapling, um, we were around our, my friend's house and.
0: Wait, this is like stapling stuff.
1: Stapling like playing cards, business cards, um, crap to me, I know. And we were around a friend's house and he just decided to staple himself. And I was like, okay, I don't see where this is going. And he was like, do it, do it. And I was like, no, because it's going to hurt. I don't want to do it. So the only way I knew this was going to be a good idea, so I stapled my husband first. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, did that hurt? And he was like, no, no, let me do it to you. And I was like, no. And it wasn't till literally two hours later that I'd finally drunk enough to go, Okay, I can do this And it hurt. <laughs> but it wasn't even a proper like stapler that we'd use on stage. It was just one of them should be like poundland like
0: oh pressy God. ones. Yeah. So
1: literally, you'd open it up, put it on and slam. So of course I bruised a lot more than I would
0: if you use like a thing. staple gun. Yeah,
1: the like the staple gun, yeah. So that I learned that fast to use a staple gun.
0: So, but, I mean, this is coming from a gentleman who has quite a few piercings.
1: Yeah, and I'm a complete wuss. <laughs> I don't like pain.
0: <laughs> I love that. Someone who's like, oh, I staple shit to myself, I walk on glass, I have tons of piercings, I really don't like pain.
1: Yeah, I pierce myself on stage. Um, yeah. On stage it's a whole different thing though because adrenaline and... I'm a my main thing on stage is you cannot let the audience know something has gone wrong you can like that is ballet 101 you do not let people know something has gone wrong you get stuck in a corset you rip that off you get it off you get out of it don't let them know if you break it in the process worry about it after fix it after don't think oh no i can't pull that because it's going to break get it off as quick as turn around and if you have to force it off, force it off. Mm. And that's my main rule, is do not let people know something's gone wrong. Not that, like, doing a freak show, anything's gone wrong. Touch wood for me. But I can't let people see that it hurts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
0: That's the point. The point is you're supposed to look like you're impervious. Yeah, today. whereas
1: I don't, with my freak show, I don't do it as a freak show. I, it's more comedy styling, Styling's very camp comedy, whereas theres there are performers that are out to more gorelesque style, which is fine, absolutely fine. I can't watch it because it makes me feel sick. <laughs> I'm really squeamish. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> That's,
0: I would never have expected you to say that.:
1: I'm really squeamish, yeah. Wow. I can't watch medical programs. they make me physically want to be sick. Really? Yeah. Can't watch. Yeah, and it seems to be the older I'm getting, the worse it's getting. Um, nose jobs. I can't. No, that what? is my worst thing. My husband makes me watch that one born every minute, and I want to be sick.
0: Oh <laughs> no! Ugh, no. Uh, well, no. plastic surgery, like the really intense ones, I I get a little bit of them. Kind of feeling.
1: Yeah. No, but then when I'm doing procedures myself on like customers, I'm absolutely fine.
0: That's, so it's, you don't...
1: It's, I don't know how to explain it. So
0: when you're watching it on If I'm TV, watching it,
1: no, or in real life watching someone else do it, I can't.
0: But if you're just going to give someone a piercing or... A
1: piercing, an implant, uh, whatever, then I'm absolutely fine. Like... That's... I think it then goes back to the whole statement of I can't let <laughs> the customer know <laughs> that I feel sick. <laughs> so you
0: just, like, mentally... Trained yourself. Trained myself, yeah. That in this situation, you yeah. are
1: fine. Yeah. Well, I am fine. No, it doesn't bother me, but I just can't watch other people do it.
0: Oh, my lord. But I think
1: that's because when you're watching it, you're paying less attention. Do you know what I mean? To But you're paying more attention like, to the movement. You can see their face. Whereas if I'm doing a procedure, I can't see their face. Right. Unless it's on their face, then... yeah.
0: But you don't get the full picture of the person. No, you just and get I think yeah, what you're focusing on yeah.
1: So I think that's how I manage it. I think that's what I tell myself anyway.
0: You would not have liked the Double R Club at the London Wonderground. Have you seen Traumata?
1: No, I didn't she's think a so.
0: freak show performer. Okay, um, and she did this act where she came out in a dress and she turned around. And she had the harness a harness like in her skin
1: oh the uh yeah suspension lifted
0: up by that harness yeah and then she had needles as part of her headband she pulled them out and there was just like blood running down her face while she was hanging in the air by her skin
1: oh see no i think i'd have been fine with that suspension i'm fine with
0: that's that definitely made some audience members freak out leave
1: yeah no i'm fine with that that doesn't bother me it's when, I think it's when you can see inside someone There's <laughs> oh. <laughs> the problem. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Some things just shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be seen.
0: <laughs> so with the stapling, this is uh-huh. just going back to this because I'm yep. fascinated because I know a couple of little sideshow tricks, like yep. the hammering the nail into the nose. Yes, I know there's, you know, there's a trick to that. It's not comfortable. It's not fun. It's not
1: comfortable. No. But
0: it's not, I wouldn't call it painful.
1: It's not painful at all, it's just not comfortable.
0: No, and it makes people freak out, which is so funny. Yeah. I don't know what it is about that, people just go nuts.
1: But I've been to a couple of shows, and I've, I've done that, and then I've gone, after the show I've gone and got a drink at the bar, or whatever, and I've seen people trying to do it with straws, and I'm like, don't do it, just don't, don't do it, because you're going to end up sticking it. In the wrong place, and you're yeah. going to end up brain damaged or something, or lose yeah. your eyesight or something. Yeah,
0: there is a Stop little. There
1: is a. There is a trick to it. There is a trick to it. Yeah, it's not a fake nail. It's a real nail. It's a real hammer. Yeah. The hammer really doesn't actually have anything to do with it.
0: No, you could do it with anything. Oh yeah, least, yeah, yeah, I've used a screw in it and a, in a yeah. screwdriver so you screw. it Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. There's a, there's a lot of performers that now use it like a drill. Yeah. Which that terrifies me. Well,
0: you just. It, like, you can't control how fast. Yeah,
1: and me and power tools. They're, I angle grind, though. That's about the only power tool I can use. Oh, yeah. For the wrong reason.
0: But, yeah, you have to be really careful with the nail-in-the-face trick. Just Yeah. Know, there is a little knack to there it. There is
1: a knack to it, yeah.
0: And people think when it goes just... the way it doesn't go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I'll see people with straws and stuff, and I was like, yeah, don't do that.
0: But when you when you staple stuff to yourself with the staple gun, does it act, does it hurt? Does it? Yes. It does hurt.
1: Well. Yes and no. Um, like I've just spent two weeks in Geneva doing five nights a week and doing my stapling act twice a night, so my arms and my legs were getting quite painful after two weeks of like ten shows, uh, well twenty shows. It was getting a bit sore. Yikes. Yeah.
0: But if you do it occasionally?
1: If I do it occasionally, then it's fine.
0: The actual impact isn't particularly...
1: Not really, no. It's, um... No, it doesn't hurt. Mm. I don't really know how to explain Is it. Is it
0: kind of pinchy, or, like...
1: I don't really... Yeah, I guess. It's just a sharp, like... You know when someone hits you with, like, an elastic band? Yeah. It's just like that, and then it's over and done with.
0: Oh. crazy <laughs> uh, not that I'm advocating that anybody who's listening tries no. at home don't don't try it don't
1: no because then I wouldn't have a job if everyone else does it
0: <laughs> yeah. but I think it does take a certain kind of person who's like I want to try this
1: <laughs> yeah idiots like me <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know when when people say that they're like I'm not gonna give that a go and then some people are like oh my god I'm definitely gonna try that you know
1: but yeah with the thing that was me as like, I'm not no I'm not doing it no, I'm not stupid. I'm not doing it. And then, yeah, a few gins later and well, a couple of bottles of gin later. <laughs> yeah, let's do this.
0: Crazy. And what about walking on glass?
1: Um. Again, there is a trick to it. It's real glass. I drink a lot of wine. It is real glass. Mm-hmm. Um, The bottle bank is really far away from my house. So... That's handy. Exactly. All about the recycling. Um, But yeah, no, I don't really know why I thought that was a good idea. Um,
0: Do you remember when you first did it?
1: Yes. I was smashing poles up in my backyard, and my husband came home and said, What the hell are you doing? And I was like, Well, I'm going to jump on it. He just shook his head and walked away. Nothing like really shocks him anymore. He'll come home and he'll find me doing something like and just shake his head and walk away um and then, yeah, I don't know why I got into i don't know how or why I thought i mean, I watched something on YouTube um I, got in... I thought it was a good idea that way. But, yeah, I don't really know how I got
0: did the first time you did it? Did you cut your feet up?
1: No, no, um again, like I said, there's a trick to it. But no, I don't I, not very often. I cut myself occasionally if like the stage is un like unsteady or um yeah, sometimes I will. I do, um, my main trick that I'm known for is, um, ass slamming on glass, and that's when I tend to cut myself, Ah. is I'll cut my ass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's your main trick that you're known for? That's
1: my main, yeah, my main glass trick that I do, yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, um... I was, I was at my own show, and, um... I was just freestyling a new act that I was just playing with and decided, let's give this a go. This is surely going to be a good idea. And it was, and it was fun. <laughs> That's the bit that freaks most people out watching like, my pain in the glass act, is um, the jumping on it, the standing on it, absolutely fine. Um, it's on of ass that people are like, oh, no, 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 no. And then you'll see them go green and... Great!
0: Do you like that reaction for the
1: audience? That's if I if not at least one person has gone green in the audience. I haven't done my job properly, <laughs> <laughs> and this is through a comedy value as well. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Do you also do angle grind and fire? Yes. As yes. Well.
1: Yeah, I've been doing fire since I was thirteen. Oh okay. Um, like poi and staff. Um. And then angle grinding, I haven't been doing long any three years ish um, my parents are trying to kill me so they um, my dad made my bed of nails for me <laughs> for my birthday or Christmas um, they bought my first pole they bought me an angle grinder <laughs> uh, the only thing they said no to is throwing knives right which I think is fair enough <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah but, well that's responsible parenting I would say. Really they bought me
1: an angle grinder. <laughs> Knowing fully well I wasn't using it <laughs> to for what what I don't even know what an angle grinder's for. I don't. I have just, just seen stuff. it Side sideshow yeah. to make amazing <laughs> sparks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so
0: when you started angle grinding, did you did you know what you're supposed to do? Did you how did you learn?
1: Uh watching YouTube videos. Oh wow. And then Made up the plate and everything. Like, researched, like, yeah. metals to use. What metals make what colour sparks. um And then made the uh, the belt up. And then just re- practising in my garden. Wow. Like, what angles to do what. Because
0: and... that's... Because a lot of people, when they hear, oh, I learned off YouTube videos, they automatically assume you just saw a few and then decided you are going to try it. But... What no, I did loads of research. Yeah, like, I
1: don't. I don't like to just jump in. Okay, the stapling I jumped into because, like, how do you research that? You just staple yourself. Do you know what I mean? There's no rocket science to that. Well, there is, and luckily, like being a piercer and stuff, I know body anatomy, so I know where I shouldn't be stapling. Yeah, um, which, is, which is handy to know. You've got
0: knowledge as a piercer, mm. so you've got all that bank of knowledge there. Yeah. So, that you so if,
1: know... like when I do piercing on stage, stapling on stage, I know where not to. Um, but yeah, with the angle grinder, it was just trial and error, and know which way does what, um, angling the grinder in certain ways to create different lengths. Yeah, so it's just practice.
0: Mm. It's good though that you you say you did a lot of research. Mm. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I learned off YouTube. And they they meant they watched like four or five videos and they were like, if I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, it's a power tool. It's dangerous. Yeah. So I was like, no, I need to research this.
0: Yeah. Because cause I know there's a lot of that kind of complaint in the sideshow community and the fire community that people will just do it without...
1: Yes. You know,
0: ...researching properly.
1: A lot. I think, especially with fire... There's been a definitely one time that the fire performer has gone on, and I've walked out the building because for my own safety, because everything they were doing was just so dangerous. Like the venue shouldn't have even been allowing fire. the The stage was really small. There was fabric hung up. There was no uh, risk assessment done. There was no like this fire performer. I don't even know how long they'd been doing fire. They didn't really know anything. And I'm like, really?
0: don't know if they've got insurance.
1: Probably not. And I was like, I, I wasn't booked to do fire that night for that simple fact. I said, no, like, I'll come and do everything else, but the venue isn't right for that. like, sorry. So obviously the producer goes and gets someone else. that will do it. And I'm like, producers need to think... Okay, it's great if you can have fire, blah, 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 yeah, wow, fire, Ooh. Um, But then, in that case, change your venue to a suitable venue.
0: Yeah. Because, you, you know, people do want a great show, and fire is a, such a wonderful skill yeah. to watch. But if your venue's not suited to it, you kind of just have to suck it up. Yeah, like...
1: and find ways around it. And there's plenty of other tricks out there that are just as spectacular. Mm. Um, the same with angle grinding. I say the same with that as well. Is Some venues are not suited to angle grinding. I won't do angle grinding if the audience are three metres. They have to be like two to three metres away from me. I won't do it. Fire. Some venues I've had to suck it up and they've been like a metre away from me and I'm not happy about it. But there was no danger, the the audience were well behaved, like mm-hmm. they know. Whereas I've done festivals and stuff and I've been doing fire and a lot of little kids have run onto the stage that I've had to extinguish straight away and I'm like y- y- Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I do prefer them three metres, I prefer people to be away if I'm doing fire, angle grinding, whip cracking, um, definitely.
0: When did you get into
1: whip cracking? Um, I haven't been whipping that long. About a year. Since about February, March, mm. I think. Yeah. That was another one my husband said. Do not do that in the house. So what did I do? <laughs> I did it in the house and hit him on the head. <gasps> <Was> he <laughs> Again, shook his head and walked away. What did I tell you? <laughs> so I'm banned from whipping in the house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Banished to the garden.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, I, I'm enjoying it. It's it's hard work. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Mm. It's hard, but it's fun. Really good fun.
0: Where did you? Who did you? Who started learning from someone? Did someone?
1: I started like teaching myself, and then a guy called Todd Various um, I got him down and set up a workshop. So there was a few of us, we did like a beginner's workshop. And then um, I'm hopefully doing one with Diva Hollywood soon. Um, after the game, she's got one near me. So yeah, that'd be fun. But um, there's a, a few crackers in um, Ipswich, but just with work and traveling, we don't have time to, and what are their other commitments um, to have a jam, mm. which is a shame. Yeah. So I don't whip as much as I'd like to.
0: Yeah. So when did you start performing internationally? Because you, you do so many things. You've got this whole repertoire of sideshow yeah. that you've built over the last, what is it, six years now? Yes, you
1: know, yeah. Six, eight, well, cause, but eight.
0: FIRE you've been doing since you were really young. Yeah. So. so
1: that, I kind of, FIRE really, when I started doing FIRE acts, that I think that's what made me get more into the sideshow because I was getting more bookings for that. Um, uh, Vivacity Bliss and Cabaret Roulette is the one that chucked me in at the deep end to do Sideshow. She booked me for the launch of Cabaret Roulette, which was Apocalypse, mm-hmm. was the theme, and she didn't want to book me as Boylesque because there was too many esques on the lineup, And I was like, OK, no, that's fine. Um, I'll do Freak Show... And then she was like yes 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 and I was like oh crap now I'm gonna have to learn
0: so how many months did you have to prepare for that
1: I didn't <laughs> <laughs> no I totally didn't uh I re- we, we had I think about four months and within the last two three weeks like I had I had the idea in my head I'd mixed all the music and everything was ready and then it was in the last two weeks I'd kind of gone okay This at this point, this at this point, this at this point, this at this point. But finding out that I could um, pierce myself on stage, (laughs) uh, I I learned that on the night. Wow. I guess it's
0: one of those things you don't want to practice too much.
1: No, and I did the um, cigar on the tongue thing, which again, I didn't practice that beforehand, which goes back to my, you can't let people know it hurts which i think is my way around it like i don't condone rehearsing on stage i don't condone that normally but that it works for me yeah wow mean something like glass i practiced before i went on stage because i was like okay that's a bit dangerous um angle grinding i practice whip cracking i practice but um piercing stapling um, I don't really practice because it's self contained. Yeah. And um, because of my like background knowledge I know okay, there's a vein, there's an artery, there's a blah 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 there, 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 there. Don't do it there.
0: Yeah. Well that's really that sounds really responsible in a way, not that you're like
1: Yeah, I don't see well, I don't wanna hurt myself unnecessarily if yeah. I don't have to. Yeah. That's so rehearsing to save it for the stage. Yeah.
0: That's but that's the thing. All the things that you do that you don't want to rehearse aren't the things that could be a danger to, to anyone, anyone else, really, yeah. except maybe yourself. But maybe, then you have yeah, all this yeah. knowledge: how to avoid hurting yeah. yourself, how to avoid hitting major, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like vascular yeah. structures in your body, and like yeah. So you you really bring all that knowledge to the table when you when you do that yeah. kind of thing. And then when there's, you know, things like fire or angle grinding or whip cracking, obviously you've, you've practiced those because yeah, um, there are lots more safety regulations for that.
1: Now with fire, I tend to um. rehearse that on stage now because I know I have my basics that I do and now I'm like, okay, let's give this one a go and it'll be fine because I know the basics of how to do it. It's just now doing it whereas like with vapour tricks and stuff then I will practice that at home because there is a risk of setting my face on fire yeah so stuff like big well, they're not big tricks but more dangerous tricks I will practice yeah at home with like 999 on speed dial <laughs> just in case <laughs> but um other than that fire I just tend to practice on stage now as well
0: but that's because you've you've been doing it since you so, so young yeah you've got you must have such a solid grounding in fire. Yeah. Like I know. The fire arts. You know what you're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: So, in a way, it's not even practicing on stage. It's just you.
1: It's just sh- developing. Yeah, more. you can pull everything yeah. together. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, you, you have so many various talents in this repertoire that you've built up. Yeah. I guess, over the last few years. So when did you start taking it out internationally? What was your first international I gig?
1: did um, Stockholm Balleste Festival last October. It was my first international debut, which was an amazing festival. I had so much fun. Yeah? It was great, yeah. Which I met other people, which has now given me the opportunity to go to other places. Um, so, yeah.
0: What was it like performing in Stockholm compared to... Back home in the UK,
1: everything was on a much bigger scale because it was in a massive theatre, so it was on a much bigger scale, but exactly the same, like as any other show, like bigger show.
0: How did you feel the audiences were?
1: They were lovely, absolutely lovely audiences. Yeah, yeah. they were they knew what they were there for. Do you know what I mean? There, there might have been a few people that haven't seen burlesque or, before. Um, but no, great crowd. Both nights. Like, I only performed the one night and then went to the second night. Just with like, some other performers that we were out with. And yeah, no, the crowds are amazing. Yeah. Really, really good. Really good. Lovely city as well. Really nice. Lots of hills though. <laughs> which I wasn't prepared for. And we stayed on a boat. There's a hostel called the Big Red Boat. Um, because I wanted to be a pirate for the weekend. <laughs> uh, it turns out I get seasick. Oh, no! Yeah. So that didn't go down very well. (laughs) And it wasn't until the last morning that we were leaving, that morning, that I was like, oh, I have my sea legs now, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, bless.
1: (laughs) I was gutted. Mm. It's my ideal job, pirate. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you'd make a <him> really good <laughs> fire yeah. apart from the z yeah
1: <laughs>
0: damn <laughs> <laughs> so um, from Stockholm did you
1: then I went to Helsinki with uh, Ben Van der Bleu um, and Drag Me to Hell is his show which is a queer-esque so, that was great fun. That was nice to meet other people. Um, and again, in a different country, really good show. Um, then where did I go? Did in, I well, go that's
0: that's really cool. Scandinavia, the audience is there, very like open minded to yes, Berlest very much so. Yeah,
1: that
0: kind of thing. Yeah, that's
1: wicked. It's crazy how, like, yeah, different audiences, like, different countries have are more accepting and have. Better audiences. It's strange. Whereas, like, the audiences in, like, England are great. Yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong. But I think it's just, like, not knowing the people and... Yeah, it's just nice to be in different countries and perform.
0: Where's been your favourite place so far? What have been, like, your top three?
1: Um... I just spent two weeks in Geneva at the Palais Mascot, which was amazing, absolutely great fun. Um so I say that would that would be my favourite place so far because it was nice to be settled in a place for two weeks and not have to be dragging a bloody suitcase <laughs> everywhere. So that was nice to just go to the venue, everything's there, my costumes are hung up, my ma make, like makeup's out, all ready to go. So that was nice to like be in that set routine which was a nice change. So there, um, yeah, no, I loved Helsinki. That was a lovely city as well. Um, there, there, there's the three international ones I've done so far. I've got um, Amsterdam coming up, Amsterdam Balesk Awards, uh, Vienna coming up, so that should be fun.
0: Amazing. Very much. So amazing. Do you find that the audiences in different countries have slightly different characters when you perform? Like, do they respond to different things in your act?
1: No, they're all the same. <laughs> I think, like, the responses is all the same, just in a different language. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, that's lovely. That's like the yeah. universal language yeah. of
1: performance. Yeah. The only thing that I, is I... I'm going to these countries and not picking up a word. Oh. Like, my French has got slightly better but nowhere near like I can have a conversation with someone. Yeah. I know the like hello, how are you, thank you, like the polite like polite things to say and that's as far as it goes. So it would be nice to start learning different languages.
0: What do you think would be most useful?
1: English. <laughs> um from talking to like performers in Geneva I was like French I didn't realise actually how many countries spoke French Mm. so that one would be quite handy to have I've got um, Toulouse Ballet Festival in March as well so that would be handy to be able to speak at least hold a conversation in French Mm. but yeah no I'm guessing French and Spanish would be the handy ones to have possibly German
0: Mm. Just depending on where you're performing. Yeah. It seems like you're performing around that kind of part of Europe. Yeah, yeah.
1: I wanna I'm looking at going to America next year. Um cool. Yeah. I'm just saving up to get the flights and everything. Uh, a sense. friend of mine, Matt Knife, he runs a show. He's invited me over. So, um yeah, it's just saving up and have a holiday at the same time.
0: Yeah, when you go so, on a big trip to somewhere like the states, you do want to yeah. do a bit of sightseeing, touring, especially if you've been there before and maybe you want
1: to. Yeah, it'll be cool. So. Yeah, um, whereabouts
0: is the show you've been invited to? Do? It's in New York. Awesome. Uh, the Stonewall,
1: he runs Homo Erectus. Right, right. At Stonewall, it's like I think it's um, New York's only boylesque monthly boylesque show.
0: Wow, I have to check it out.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. Go. Yeah. Like I've seen like videos and pictures and stuff like the performers you have are like fabulous Oh, um, absolutely amazing performers
0: I have a little question, we're actually running to time so I'm going to ask you the final the final question of Doom but I have a little question before that which is what do you think of Briefs? <sighs>
1: I really like it um, it's a great, a really good show a bit too camp for me. I don't know. I'm a complete hypocrite <laughs> to say this. A complete hypocrite. But some of it I find a bit too camp for me. Yeah. But the, like individual, as individual performers, absolutely phenomenal performers. Absolutely. Same as um the backstage Johnny's, stage door backstage Johnny's. Stage
0: door
1: Johnny's backstage. No, stage door Johnny is someone else.
0: Yeah, he's a performer. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: oh, how bad. <laughs> <laughs> damn names <laughs> yeah um, I saw them Dixie up at Edinburgh friend uh, Edinburgh Fringe uh, fantastic show absolutely amazing really good show yeah and it was nice to see Tigger live as well obviously being the, the godfather of Boylesque it was nice to see an idol live on stage finally yeah. but yeah no yeah no I like it um, like I said a bit some bits a bit too camp for me yeah and I know I'm a complete hypocrite but but that's my opinion but the rest, it's a really good show really good show I do advise yeah if they're about your town go and see them
0: yeah worth of... the money this is the last weekend at the Wonderground actually I think it's the last show tomorrow night oh yeah so
1: go <laughs> well
0: by the time this podcast comes out it'll be gone uh, no more Wonderground too Wonder late, too late uh, so sad
1: until next year yeah. is it every year yeah
0: it, well it should it has been the last couple of years I hope mm. it comes back next year because it's brilliant I think they're talking well, about expanding really.
1: it oh awesome that'd yeah, be cool yeah
0: having more than just one performance venue like not just the underbelly and the Spiegel tent but even more oh cool bigger I've not been that's the rumours that I've heard
1: oh hopefully that'd be cool
0: yeah because they've got some really great shows on there so many great cabaret shows at the Wonder. yeah
1: Oh, hopefully, I'll perform there next year. We'll see. Yeah. I'd love to perform
0: there. Incredible. Oh my
1: god. Yeah. I'd love to perform in a Spiegel tent. Oh, I'd, oh, I'd
0: love to live in a Spiegel tent. Yeah. I almost. Well, the circus I travelled with didn't have all the beautiful mirrored and wood floors and everything, but it was one of those oh, old fashioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And wonderful, and I loved it. love the tenting lifestyle.
1: Yeah, I don't really like camping, though.
0: Uh I. I got used to it. I, I grew no. to love it. I really grew to love it.
1: Camping to me is a hotel. Or not my bed. Like, that's camping to me. Because it's not my bed.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. So I prefer glamping <laughs> rather than camping. <laughs> that's all fine and nasty. Um,
0: So the final question that I always yes. ask, except for that one time I forgot, <laughs> is um what is the best thing that's ever happened to you on stage, and what is the worst thing that's ever happened to you on stage
1: Ah oh,
0: yeah, I like getting all the juicy stories about all the, crazy the worst
1: things that thing is um I got really cocky and stood on a table and tried to jump back onto the stage and completely missed. <laughs> Ow. That was embarrassing. It wasn't that long ago either. <laughs> um, Were
0: you all right? Oh, yeah,
1: no, I was totally fine. But, yeah, that was quite embarrassing. I was only wearing a jock strap as well, which was obviously <laughs> even worse. <laughs> yeah, that was embarrassing. Um, best thing? Oh. My whole career, as cheesy as that is, like, there's not been... A single show that I've regretted doing. There's been a few shows that I wouldn't go and do again. Um, But no, I just, I enjoy every show in their own way. Yeah, as cheesy as that is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just nice to meet other people. Like, that's the best bit, is meeting other performers and just networking and meeting new people, like audiences and, yeah. That's what I would say.
0: Oh, that's so sweet.
1: That's revolting, isn't
0: yeah. it? So, um, for all the people who want to know more about your show, know more about uh, your amazing performance schedule, where they can find you. Yes.
1: Or on my website. Tell me about your
0: links. Tell me all the links. Where can they find you on the oh, internet? Oh,
1: I'm everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, but I don't know for how long, can, with this whole name thing. Mm. Um, nice. I'm now on LO which is a, it's quite a nice little website. Yeah, Twitter. Um, just literally just search Lucifer. Yeah. Um, And then my website is com, and there's links to everything, all my social on there. Um, On my website, it's all about my show, where I'm going to be, all my different acts and stuff. And you can contact me through there mm-hmm. or any social um, media.
0: Do you put whether you, when you teach poll classes on there as well? Because I know you teach...
1: Yes, um... That is on there, yeah, I think. Great. Possibly.
0: Oh, I didn't even get onto you teaching either. <laughs>
1: no, it's fine. I teach pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic.
0: It's so yes. amazing when I talk to like cabaret performers because they just they just do so many things yeah. there's like so hard, much stuff yeah. to go into. Such a short podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could talk for like another hour Ages. about all this stuff and then like
1: Yeah, everything's on my website and any questions little like feel free to email me, anyone. Yeah. I'm quite friendly normally
0: and what's your what's your next show coming up third, third
1: I'm in York at coquettes
0: mm-hmm. something like that Crazy Cockettes is that what it is no no that's Crazy coquettes
1: Burlesque
0: mm. when are you heading to v- Vienna and Amsterdam
1: November ok um, the 13th I'm in Amsterdam and then the 15th in Vienna brilliant yes and brilliant. then I have the World Burlesque Games
0: of course. Of course. 24th? Yep,
1: twenty-four
0: Of October. October.
1: <laughs> I know because I'm doing a show. Oh no. No.
0: that's on the show. It's going to be doing.
1: good. I'm doing Twisted Crown with some amazing performers. Yeah. So it's going to be Brilliant. hard work. Oh my god. I'm going actually have to put some effort in. <laughs> Might have to rehearse. <laughs> I will not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um,
0: and then, when's your next cheeky Devils Club?
1: The twenty ninth of November is my next one. Awesome. And then February will be the one. I run it every three months. Uh, February will be our third birthday. Woohoo! Yes, very much looking forward to that.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, and I think we've definitely mentioned it on this podcast before. But your night is so much fun, and the audience—you've done my night. You know what my night's like. It's brilliant. It's great fun. And vivacity, I think, was going on about how much she loved performing in Ipswich. I love my little show. It's It's fun. It's a brilliant little show, and Ipswich really do seem to know what cabaret is.
1: They do now. Yeah, it's taken. Like I said, it's taken a long time. And they love it. But we're there. We're finally there.
0: They love it. (laughs) Yeah brilliant oh thank yes, you so uh, much for no chatting to me yeah we should get, we should do a little group podcast we should do all it all over gin next time yeah really. definitely. lots of gin <laughs>
1: that would get interesting <laughs> the drunk podcast I'll take you all sideshow <laughs>
0: <laughs> we should get like you and like snake fervor and, uh, and like, preacher, preacher and, and like all the sideshow all the, performers yeah. together and just have one like massive drunken Debate. night of, <laughs> of terror and pain <laughs>
1: this would have to be like a videoed podcast oh yeah
0: it could be like a video blog to go with the podcast oh my
1: god oh that'd be fun that would be yeah. amazing
0: we should totally do that i've been your host rosie cole you can find me on the internet uh you can find me on my website rosiecole.com you can find me on twitter at rosie underscore cole you can find me uh on facebook.com forward slash rosie cole dancer uh, and you can email me anything i love hearing questions comments suggestions Um, i'd love to do a listener q a episode so if you want to send me some things or comments and things i would love to hear them email me on rosiecoldancer at gmail.com and audience we are absolutely nothing without you so thank you so much again for listening and have a wonderful day